This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by Alby. Alby is the all-in-one operating system designed specifically for restoration businesses like yours. It's the CRM that has everyone talking. With Alby, you'll have everything you need in one streamlined platform. From CRM to data analytics and automation, Alby provides tailored solutions that cater to your unique needs. So say goodbye to the hassle of managing multiple apps and hello to the convenience of having all your essential functions all in a single user-friendly platform. Check out albiware.com to book your demo today. Hey there, Restorers. Thanks for checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by two friends in the industry who I've gotten to know since, probably since I joined the industry in 2015. I've probably known them that long. We've gotten to know each other at shows and hanging out, sharing a few laughs, all those great things. And we are here today to talk about mold, mold removal, the products you use, all of those great things. So I am joined by Randy Gandera and Brett Sally. They are from Goldmore. Um, I am going to toss it right over to Randy to start to introduce himself. And then Brett, you're going to get your chance to introduce yourself. And we're going to kind of then weave our way through the conversation of mold removal and then a little bit about Goldmore, IICRC standards, all of those things, what all this looks like. We talk about mycotoxins, big topics in the industry. So anyway, Randy, I'm going to toss it over to you first to kind of introduce yourself and we'll go from there. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Randy Gandera. So I am the national distributor for the Goldmore Systems, Goldmore USA here. Um, started my own business back in 2005 after previously spending 18 years in the semiconductor industry. So uh, since 2005, I've had my own restoration business and then became the sole distributor for the U.S. market using the Goldmore system back in 2017. So I've been using it since 2011. So it's been around for a while and have uh, had great success doing so. And all we want to do is help others to learn more about it and its capabilities. Perfect. All right, Brett, your turn. Introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Brett Salee. I'm the uh, national trainer and sales rep for Goldmore USA. Uh, I've been in construction all my life, and that's a long time uh, as I'm pretty old. But uh, been in the restoration arena since about 2010 and been with Goldmore since 2011, similar to Randy. So, man, it's been like 12 years now. Did you two know each other prior to getting into Goldmore? Got to ask. Unfortunately, me. yes, we did. <laughs> I must say. Okay, all right. So, Randy, Randy's my wife's cousin. Thank you. And uh, Randy was actually in my wedding when he was 10 years old. So back in the day, we go way back <laughs> when he was 10 years old. I yeah. I've got it. pictures. I've got pictures. I need to see pictures of that one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, share the background, either of you, maybe Randy, let's start with you. Share the background of Goldmore because it is an Australian based company. And I have had the conver I've had conversations with the scientists and stuff when you've brought different people to the experience several years ago. Um, I got to meet more of the people behind the product. So share more about the background of the company. Yeah, so I mean, it was introduced to the US market way back in 2000. And that's how they came up with one of the product solutions. The chemist, the founder of Goldmore is uh, Robert Goldsworthy and Sue Goldsworthy as well. They both uh, are a great team together. They really like helping to educate people in general about its wide and varied uses. Uh, they used to come back and forth from Australia, presenting information, helping other companies. I think it started in one of the companies over in San Diego that they worked with initially uh, early on in 2000. But uh, that was how they were able to come and provide the training and education to the U.S. market. 
Brett actually encountered them. I'll let him tell that story. But uh, I went to their training back in 2011 in Atlanta, Georgia, because Brett told me about it. I was a naysayer. I didn't believe it. I'll, I'll admit it. But I went and saw it for myself, had a job lined up right after that, and immediately started looking at, wow, this is amazing product, works fantastic. Why am I not using this on a daily basis? So that's when I started using it and haven't, haven't changed since. Okay. Yeah, I mean, similar to Randy, I mean, I met the Goldsworthies in 2011 as well. Uh, I saw, I'd moved to Arkansas, which is obviously very humid. And when I became involved with this local restoration company doing the office work, uh, at the time they weren't doing mold remediation. And I, I realized immediately <laughs> we're missing a big, big chunk of the market here. I mean, there's a lot of mold in Arkansas, as you can imagine. And so I did some research and in industry publications and I saw Goldmore and, uh, you know, again, talking to Randy about it, I said, I've got to, I've got to jump on this. And so that's what we did. And, and, you know, first job right out of the gate, it just, it just blew it out of the park. And so we love it. And, 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 and Rob Goldsworthy, I, I kind of talk to him or call him affectionately the mad scientist because he is a chemist. He's been in our industry for decades working with microbial as well as, well as infection control and bacterial, uh, bacteriological issues. Uh, he's worked with countries all around the globe uh, to handle things like bird and swine flu and SARS and whatnot. And so he developed these products uh, realizing that mold is somewhat similar in the way it's constructed to a lot of these things. And again, like Randy mentioned, developed, first of all, our fogging agent uh, to get rid of those airborne contaminants, mold included, and then just went on with the whole system that we have today. And it's just, you know, it's just doing a fantastic job. Okay, so for people who aren't familiar, explain the Goldmore system and what it is and what it is not. Brett, you wanna tackle that one first? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, good question. I mean, a lot of people wonder, uh, it's it's basically, in a nutshell, a two-part or two-step system. Uh, the first step is the removal of the visible mold colony. And that could be on drywall, it could be on wood, it could be on uh, soft contents like leather goods, fabrics. I've even done remediations on artwork, paper goods like books. Uh, basically, any surface, you know, if it's got mold contamination. Now, before I get to the second step, what it does not do it does not repair any damage to that underlying piece of material, whatever it is that mold may have caused or the water event that caused the mold growth cause. Yep. But as far as removal of the mold, the source of that contamination, that's what it does. Then the second step is to fog the building environment that we're in. Long before we get there as remediators to that job, those mold spores, invisible though they are, they've spread throughout the home. And of course, that could be easily proved by pre-testing, you know, with air quality testing. And so we're very concerned about when we leave that job, not just visible mold, but we want that air quality to be, you know, superb. And so that's why we fog the whole environment. It gets rid of those airborne spores as well as other contaminating particles uh, like uh, smoke, uh, back, you know, uh, pollen, dust. I've used I use it on smoke jobs for deodorization. I've used it on body trauma and crime scene jobs, nicotine smoke. It just removes those contaminating particles from the air, the fogging process. So that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay. All right. Randy, anything you want to add to that? What it does or does not do? Yeah. The only thing that I'd like to add is that it, you know, we really promote more of a non-invasive mold remediation uh, process. We're all about the peoples, the products, and the processes involved. 
So really, it's a matter of helping our members, Goldmore members, to identify what are the source issues here, how can we tackle it? It's another tool in the toolbox that helps us with our education and with the knowledge that we have to go about every job um, on its own. You know, each one is different, but we still want to go down to, yes, non-invasive mold remediation. If we do have to have more of an invasive discovery, we're still using the same system, the same process. It's just we're going to tackle it a little bit different. But we help our people to try to understand those things as they learn more about the Goldmore system, that we can help them walk through the process of trying to keep it cost-effective, too, for the, for the consumer. It's less invasive in that sense that we're trying to help them to get back in their homes in a timely fashion. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper into this source removal discussion. So let's say you walk into a house and there's mold on the walls, there's mold in the ceiling tiles. These are more porous areas. Mm -hmm. So how are you treating the drywall? Does the drywall need to be removed? Do the ceiling tiles need to be removed? Is this something where you can use the product and it's going to get rid of it in its entirety so you can test and you know that it's gone even below the surface. You still, I know you talked about source removal in the sense of making sure like, hey, if there's a water leak behind there that's causing the mold, you got to make sure to fix the water sure, leak right or yeah. you can have the same problem. So right. I don't, whoever wants to tackle that question, like dive a little bit deeper what it looks like if you walk into a home like that. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that is the question. And you kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head talking about a couple different, different scenarios because no two jobs are the same. Yep. So to say you're always going to do this is not accurate. Every job's different. And that's one of the things we go through extensively in the training that we provide for everyone who uses the Goldmore system is you've got to be kind of like a mold investigator. It's all about source. And the source of the mold contamination is always tied into the source of the water event. It's a lot easier to find water than it is mold sometimes yeah. because we have tools out there that yeah. we already use in our industry that can help us find and locate and trace water. And if we find the source of that water, we're going to find the source of the mold. So that's one of the first things you got to do is figure out what the source is. Now we could talk about the difference between like a water damage, water event, like overhead water coming in or a burst pipe in a wall where you've got water damage happening and you may well have mold inside cavities or more of a humidity related event where it's again spiking humidity in a, in a given room more of a surface mold you know situation there and so yeah you got to kind of look at it in terms of drywall uh, oftentimes those humidity events it's just surface mold now, one common misconception about mold and drywall, and this is what people worry about. They walk into a room and there's all this mold on drywall. Well, it's going to grow through that drywall into that wall cavity. No, it's not. Mold can't grow through drywall. It's gypsum. It's a sterile environment. If you have mold on both sides of the drywall, it's because you had a water event on both sides of the drywall. And that certainly ha happens. Yep. That's where we use some of these other tools to figure that out before we just start ripping something out. Uh, to answer your question, because it's not growing inside of that gypsum, and listen, I encourage people, don't believe me, don't believe anything I tell you, investigate it. Next time you're on a job that has drywall with mold all over it, and you're taking it out, but snap that in half. There's no mold inside that drywall. It's maybe on both sides. And so again, we test all that. But to answer your question, yes, we can remove that mold from the drywall down into the paper, which is as far as that root structure, the hyphal fragment will grow and then it's gone. You can tape sample it, you can swab it. 
you can do any kind of surface sampling, and obviously later you can do air sampling. It's gone. It won't come back. I've never had a colony come back. Now, to your point on some porous material, like maybe an acoustical tile or even sometimes popcorn ceilings, you know, that, that are, used to be popular around, very porous, they, they absorb a lot. Again, every job is going to be different, depending upon the level of contamination, how long it's been there, how much it's dug in. Again, we can spray down those porous surfaces and it will absorb into them, just like it does with, you know, wood or plywood or whatnot. Um, but at some level, you can only do so much with a water-based product. And so, yeah, for an acoustical tile, you may have to replace it. Again, that's a decision that a trained technician has to make when he's on the job. So I hope that kind of, yeah. I might add, Michelle, yeah. you know, just to, as, as a, just a brief scenario where I had a contractor that knew the nature of my business and they were doing a remodel in a master bathroom. Everything was fine. But when they went to take the mirror down behind the vanity, all the way around that mirror, four feet by two or three feet tall, was black and moldy. And so they're like, hey, we don't want to take this out. There's mold there. I said, you know what? Why don't I just come over? I literally, I took a spray bottle and a sponge. I told them that mold is not going to penetrate through that drywall because that was not a water event. It was, it was an atmospheric mold event is what it was. It's due to the condensation that was trapped behind that mirror. So I cleaned it up in a matter of minutes, literally, made it look like new. And I said, you don't really need to rip this out if you don't want to. But they said, well, we're going to go ahead and do the, the remodel anyways. I said, well, do me a favor. When you go ahead and you tear that drywall out, now that you know that there's no mold on the surface, I said, just check behind the wall. Just tell me if there's mold back there. I said, I guarantee you it's not going to be there, but I want you to see it for yourself. Sure enough, there was no mold back there. And Brett and I have had many case scenarios where we've gone out in the field. We used to, we've traveled all over the country together and we've done jobs and we've helped companies put the product into action and we've shown them and, and educated them about the difference of the, They're like, well, what about the mold behind that wall at the base of the wall over here? Well, we're telling you it's not going to be there, but go ahead, remove it. Let us know. And I, I love seeing the expressions on their face when that happens because it's like, wow. <laughs> okay. So Randy, dive a little bit more into how much you encourage like pre and post testing when you get onto a job site, what role does that play in the mold remediation process? And I think even testing has become more prevalent even since COVID even. I, it, people didn't maybe test as much prior to the pandemic, but I think testing is becoming more and more popular now on any type of loss, not just mold, right? So what do you encourage as far as testing goes? We encourage, I mean, typically if you see mold, our motto has been, you don't necessarily need to test for that. It's going to identify mold. I don't care what species of, is identified. If visually you see that there's mold on a wall cavity, then why test? You're just, you're going to identify, yep, you've got Penicillium aspergillus, you've got Cladosporium, you've got whatever it is, you've got mold. The key element here is at that point is let's just get rid of it. Let's do what we can to effectively get rid of the mold. Now, if you want to test for it, so be it. Whatever the consumer wants, or if you're working with a hygienist behind you, by all means, go for it. Because I've had many jobs that we've done, we've recommended that we do the testing after treatment and they've come and followed our work and they're like yep looks good no problem they'll go and do their air sampling 
whatever method that might be, whether it's surface sample analysis, whether it's aerosol, we do particle testing ourselves, and we like to have that. Now we're getting into something else, you know, more and more from mycotoxins, separate issue, but nevertheless, an important gauge of how we can help our customers to uh, provide an, an effective service and solution. So in your training, do you recommend any sort of like containment, especially if there's one area that's worse than others or what does that look like? Yeah, that's right. Answer that. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. And, and you, and you can follow up too with, you know, some, some ideas, but uh, that is something we talk about. And that's one of the maybe knocks people say, well, you don't use a containment, but again, we do. It's just that the whole, in terms of a res, let's say a residential environment, the whole house is our containment. Again, those mold spores have already spread <clears throat> throughout the house through air conditioning, <clears throat> excuse me, through natural air movement before we ever get there. You can't see it, but you can test for it and you would see that's the case. So if you set up this little containment, let's say you contain this room that has visible mold growth, that's great. You do all your remediation, you get it all clean, you air, whatever you do traditionally, you get it super clean, you take down the containment, the rest of the house is still contaminated. And so we treat the whole home. It only takes another hour or so of time to do that fogging treatment. It's totally safe, like we can talk about later. But that way, not only are you visually clean, but no matter where you test, whether it's in the source room or up where little Jimmy's sleeping at night, it's clean air that passes international standards. And so, you know, that that's that's where we're at with containment. Okay, so Randy, talk about, dive into the comment that Brush just made about safety of the product. If you're spraying this at a home, obviously people must not need to be worried about it. If you're able to do it, they're able to be there, occupy all of that. Those surfaces are okay. Talk about that. Yeah, we have a, I mean, if you're in there doing the work, we don't want pets and animals or, or you know, humans to be present during that process. But we uh, describe our product, our fogging agent in particular, as a non-mechanical air scrubbing system. So it actually helps to scrub the air clean. It's completely biodegradable has a four-hour dwell time. So after we've treated the space, then it would be safe to re-enter that space if they want to. Now, if they're chemically sensitive and there's other issues there, recommend stay away overnight. But typically, we offer non-invasive mold remediation, same-day results. You can return. Again, like Brett mentioned to earlier, every job is different. If we're dealing with water damage and we have to take out cabinets and this and that, and and, and to the point of, of containment, I will isolate an area. Let's say it's in the kitchen, for example. If we're starting to do something that's a lot more invasive, we are going to contain that area, but then we're going to treat the space, everything else uh, in the surrounding areas and in the home in order to offer uh, you know, the best, best uh, I guess, end result, if you will. And I think it's important to remember or to mention on that with as far as the safety of it is, this is a product that was formulated decades ago with the express purpose of being fogged into the into the air. Uh, back when Gomer started fogging things, be oh you shouldn't fog, you can't fog. But now everybody's fog. Well, a lot of people are fogging, but unfortunately they're fogging products, and and this can be proved by going to you know places like the EPA that were not made to be fogged. This was specifically formulated for that purpose. We can provide anybody with the laboratory, third-party laboratory testing, extensive testing that went in to make sure that not only is it safe right after that dwell time that Randy's talking about, but at the prescribed intervals that our industry establishes for clean air going forward. 
Uh, so nobody has to worry about it being a, a hazard for their for their health. Yeah, I, I might just, I'm sorry, Michelle, I might just add there that the Goldmore system really, we aim to achieve this, the safest results possible and the safest manners possible mm -hmm. with the least environmental impact. So Absolutely. we try to provide that and without the use of pesticides as some of those products that are being utilized are intended as we're strictly against the use of pesticides in anybody's structure that way in the living space. Okay, so this kind of leads to the next question of why Goldmore is not EPA registered. That's another great question we get asked all the time. And, and the, the short answer is because we don't want it to be. Well, why? Why would you not want to be EPA registered? And here's what happens. People, we all say things, we all hear things, we repeat them, but we, we rarely go and see what's the real issue here. If you go to epa.gov, the government website, which is a slog because it's all legalese and government, but if you really dig into the mold, what the EPA is registering, as Randy mentioned, are pesticides. In the EPA, if you have a product that claims to kill a pest, what they classify as a pest, it's a pesticide. And they classify mold as a pest. So if you're using a product that's EPA registered and it says it kills mold, it's classified as a pesticide. And what that keys off are two different things. First of all, Mrs. Jones, the homeowner, she doesn't really want pesticides in her home. She just doesn't realize it. But secondly, now the EPA is fining a lot of these contractors, remediators out there who are using these products because they don't have a pest applicator's license. So it's just this huge, vicious circle. Goldmore is very green. It's been biodegradability tested, skin sensitivity tested. It's not EPA registered because we don't want it to be. It's not a pesticide. Uh, but we are in complete compliance with the EPA on what we do use it for and what it does. Okay. Randy, anything you want to add to that? I mean, Brett, Brett explained it pretty well, but, you know, the physical removal aided by safe use of products, really, that's our focus. That's our aim. We want to provide a, a safe, inhabitable you know, home environment when we're done with that structure. We don't want something being left in the air that's going to linger on for hours, days, even weeks in some cases, because that can be very dangerous. Yep. Okay. Um, let's, we've bounced around the training topic several times. So I want to go back there again and talk about what your training is. How often are the contractors using Goldmore getting training? Um, how does it relate to other maybe training or standards like the S520 in the industry? Um, those kind of things. Who is, who's getting the training? Is it all the owners? Is it required? Is it optional? All the questions around training. Randy, you want to start with that one? Brett might want to. But... No, no, I'd be glad to, to start with Brett, like he mentioned in the in the beginning here, that he is our national trainer. So he does a great job of training people on the wide and varied uses. He does. And so uh, I can appreciate what he's able to help with our customers, our members, if you will. I mean, we are what we consider to be a family. <laughs> we And we truly do believe that. And that's how we treat one another. So everybody gets the training. We want the owners to learn how to use the products so that they know what's being used out in the field and how effective it can be. We want everybody that's going to be in contact with the use of it in the field, the field technicians, the project managers, anybody. The more, the more they're educated about its uses, the do's, the pros and the cons of everything, 
then the better off we are in getting effective results. So we really do, and we've had we've got some companies um, that have multiple locations, literally that have sent 50, 60 people to our training. And guess what? We don't charge for that training. What? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> you get IICRC credits. You get six continuing education credits to go through our training. We want people to be, you know, it's another tool in the tool bag, like we said earlier. We want them to be able to go about and tackle every job, but know that, hey, this is the product that you use in that scenario. These are the results that you should expect to receive or achieve. And if you don't get it, call us because we want to know about it. And oftentimes they'll say, well, we're using this. And it's like, wait, wait a second, back up. What did you say? They're using the wrong thing. So we try to help them connect those dots so that they can get the results. Intended. Yeah, I mean, that that's critical. And that's that's one of the things that differentiates us in the market. We're not just selling product. We've been approached by big box stores and some of the industry you know, suppliers to private yeah. label go more. But the, the, the owners, the Goldsworthies have been consistent. No, that's not the way we're doing this. It's about education. We want to be there to back up the product going forward. So like Randy mentions, and I stress this in the class, if, if you as the new remediator, if you do not get these results that you see in our videos and our before and afters and that we're talking about, we want to call. We want you to call us and, and we're going to walk through that project. What happened? It rarely happens, but we're all imperfect. We make mistakes. I make mistakes when I do mold jobs. Randy's done hey, maybe once or twice. I made a mistake, and, but we figure it out and then we go back and, 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 then we, and then we make it right. And so, yeah, we want everybody to be trained. It's all about education. Like Randy said, it's all included in the license. So, so why not uh, you know, go through that? Now, you mentioned the S520, and I'm glad you did with the IICRC, because next to the EPA, well, probably more than the EPA, that's one comment we get. Well, well, the, the S520 says you got to remove the you know drywall. Well, again, don't believe what you've been told. Go read the S520. I have the S520 on my iPad, which probably everybody should that's in the industry, and that's not what it says. What it does say, it re says remove the contamination from the structure systems and contents to return those to a condition one or clean yep. well you can't remove the contamination and return it to a condition one if you took out the whole structure systems and contents uh, so that's the key we are removing that source and that's what we train in the in the class now sometimes that requires us to remove structural elements of the home because we have to get at the mold that's behind there and so I kind of say in class, we don't remove structural elements because there's mold on it. We remove structural elements because it's in our way to get to the source of the mold. And that's that's the key there. OK, yeah. OK. Yeah, that makes that makes good sense. OK, we don't need to go too far into this topic, but talk about mycotoxins for a minute. That's a kind of a, another growing topic in the industry that isn't talked about that much. So um, Explain what mycotoxins are and the role that restorers and remediators are going to play in this realm of mycotoxins and getting rid of them in the, in um, like the built environment. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and just um, add to that topic because this is something that, again, the Goldsworthies, the founders of the gold of Goldmore, that they have taken such a vested interest in this topic because they always are trying to, lead the way, understand how can we help everybody else. And so 
they've been after this over five years now, been doing a lot of research and development with regards to that. What we didn't know, we didn't know, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. kind of the way it is. And that's how we learn. So don't be afraid to fail along the way. <laughs> we learn from our mistakes. Now it's okay. Now we understand this better. How can we improve? How can we do things better to provide that, you know, that quality service that we intend? So really the difference maker here is when we're talking about mold, mold spores, that's a living organism. The difference here when we're dealing with mycotoxins, it's not a living organism. It's a chemical. It's a chemical release. It's much harder to get rid of. It's much harder to tackle it that way. And I think that's maybe why some people fear or, or, or want to shy away from that. But it's like I'm dealing with a customer right now up in Washington State that it's, a, it's in the middle of a legal battle. So I've done some airborne mycotoxin testing to identify whether or not that structure is emitting those toxins that could potentially uh, contribute to ill effects, ill health effects. So, yes, we're learning more. Um, I think things are going to transition that way in the future when we, when we know that we're dealing with a mold problem inside of a structure, and especially if there's been water damage associated with that, may very well be that next step of why don't we offer this test, this airborne test that we're working with the lab here in Portland, and identify whether or not it's even present. Then that helps us to go about it in an educated sense of how I want to tackle this because we don't want somebody later on six months down the road, a year down the road, three years down the road going, man, every time I step foot in my house, I, I, I'm sick. I don't know what's going on here. What's going on? So therefore, in, in a nutshell, that's basically it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's Perfect. a deep subject for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just a couple of things. I mean, I mean, he's hit the nail on the head. You know, we, we, we see a lot of products out there. Well, we kill mycotoxins. Well, no, you don't because you can't kill something that's not alive. And, and, and you can't even say that you get rid of it unless you have the ability to test if it's there when you start and it's not there when you're done. And this year is the first year that anyone in this industry has had the ability to test the air from mycotoxins. We had surface sampling before, but guess what? That's not what you're breathing. You have um, biological testing. They can test your body. But guess what? Mycotoxins can come from a lot of food sources. But now we can test the air. So we can say, yes, this environment has mycotoxins. We go through a protocol to remediate that, which is different than the mold remediation. And then we can test it afterwards and say, yes, now our air is clean. Those mycotoxins are gone. But I also want to mention we can't necessarily conflate the presence of mold with the presence of mycotoxins. True, mycotoxins come from the mold, but only certain molds emit them and only in certain conditions, like Randy was mentioning, if it's been a water loss issue or it's sitting a long time. So we don't want to panic the public. But if there's reason to think, as he mentioned, that it's, you know, there's a suspect there then yeah, we can do some testing and figure out if, if that's the case, so. Perfect, okay, all right. I only have a couple more questions. This next one I feel like is kind of obvious, but contractors are having a hard time hiring technicians, right? It sounds like if you're using a system like this, it's gonna reduce the labor that's involved in mold jobs. Is that kind of true? Are you finding that this, this can help contractors with the amount of people that they need going into a mold job and the time that they need to be spending on the job site? Absolutely. I mean, there's no question about it. That's why I've been able to retain a pretty small crew of workers that 
you know, really, I only need a couple of guys out on an attic job and they're in and out same day within a few hours. So traditional methods would have you be in and out of that attic multiple times throughout the week, three, four days later to get the same results that I'm able to achieve same day and make it look like brand new, you know? So really the difference maker there is yes, reduces your labor immensely. You put a little bit of effort and money into the product solution itself and you should be able to make a decent profit doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's going to be far less and more economical than the traditional methods of that, that in some cases, three, four times the cost of what it would be to, to, uh, to perform the job using the Goldmore system. Okay. So that prompted me with an interesting question, Brett, you probably have more to say there. So hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, is this generally paid private pay or do you see insurance policies covering mold jobs like this? Does it kind of depend? I'm sure it largely depends on the policies and exclusions and things like that, but what are you finding in general across the board? Yeah. I mean, it, it does vary. And, 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 and that's not because of gold more. That's just because of mold remediation yeah. in general. There's, there's many adjusters that don't want to hear the M word, you yeah. know, <laughs> on their jobs, or they may have a rider, like you mentioned, it may cover 5,000 or 10,000. And, and so it really does depend, but yeah, we, we go all across the board. There's uh, exactimate line items that we can use uh, for the Goldmore system, but perhaps more importantly, if it is an insurance coverage or hopefully it's covered by that insurance policy, that's the advantage of the, one of the advantages of the Goldmore system, because you can spend so much less time, your labor costs are so dramatically reduced, you can make a very nice profit, but still come in under that rider. If you're doing, you know, an invasive approach and you're there for, you know, days, if not weeks, a lot of reconstruction is involved. Obviously, you're going to blow through that five, ten thousand dollar cap pretty fast. Or if it's a private pay, same issue. It's just Mrs. Jones is having to cover that and she's much more uh, apt to be able to cover it at a lower price point. But it's still a profitable one for the business. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've had many of them, right? They cap out at $5,000, if you will, in most policies. Some of them don't, they don't, they have exclusions altogether against mold. But anytime I hear that, I'm like, not a problem. We can come in under that, no problem whatsoever. I mean, unless you're dealing with a massive entire, you know, structure that's really Industrial type got that, some issues yeah. there. But for the most part, that, that, that's really, uh, it, it can be done very easily that way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we wrap it up, I want you both to share interesting job stories. Randy, you shared the mirror story, so you can't repeat that. So I'm going to let Brett go first on this one because you have to think of a different story, although I'm sure you have many. I know that you have many. So, oh, gosh, Brett, yeah. memorable story. Well, I mean, it kind of depends on what, what angle, uh, I guess, you're coming in from. But I think to the point of people being amazed at what was, was going on or, or not understanding what was happening before they started using Goldmore. We did one of those trainings out at a, at, at a uh, home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was a company that had about eight guys and we trained them one day and then we went out into the field job and they had this, this home is beautiful home, three levels, finished basement, of course, main floor and, and the bedrooms and the water loss had been in the bedroom or excuse me, the basement. They'd already gutted it before they even called us in for Goldborn because they called us in to try to help them with the black staining on the studs and the plates and all that. But they had this beautiful, traditional containment set up going up the stairs of the basement, just like you'd see in a sci-fi movie where they don't want the aliens to get you. A corridor of, of plastic going outside where they took 
everything that was contaminated, right? And so they were just worried about that basement. So the moment we got there, I said to Randy, we have the ability to test the air quality in real time. And so we tested down the basement. We knew it'd be high yeah. because there was, it hadn't been remediated yet. But then I said, let's go to the main floor outside the containment and test it. Same with the second floor. And sure enough, dramatically elevated readings, more than we would ever want to see. And that's happened on almost every job we've done in that scenario where we take the company out. And the owner of that company that was very proud of the work that they always did, he was like, oh, my gosh, I never even thought about it. I mean, I would be leaving this home contaminated without doing that whole house treatment. And so we have case study after case study where that's proven out that we you have to do that whole house in 98% of the jobs. You know, there's always that one off, uh, you know, maybe you're doing the outside of a building, but yeah. Randy, you're up now. That's a great story. And I knew exactly, obviously, I think probably anybody listening knows where that story was going and those poor yeah. people that learned how to do containment so well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it does have its place. There's no doubt. Like Randy said, I mean, there's no sense, you know, just stirring up everything, but you're going to be remediating that whole home environment. So, yep. you know, that that's the end game. Yeah. I'll share one. I mean, there's just so many that we've had through the years, but I'll share one that Brett and I also helped with, which was in Texas, where there was a school school district that was in need of remediation services. They got a couple of bids to do the mold remediation in the gymnasium mainly because I think the water damage had occurred in the basement of the bathroom area and it was just an old, old building. Nevertheless, long story short, they were receiving bids in upwards of $80,000, $90,000. They heard about Goldmore. They heard about the Goldmore system. They reached out to us. And so we were like, yes, we can help you. Here's what it is. We'll come, we'll come to you. We'll go through a one-day training course and then on day two, we'll go out in the field with you and we'll actually do the work with you. So we did. We flew down to Texas. Yep. Rogers. Rogers. That's and, awesome. Uh, did, did, a, did a job with them down there and helped them. What was really cool about that was we did our same testing because all they were worried about was in the gymnasium and maybe in the foyer area and in those bathrooms. But when we did our particle testing in advance of that, we were like, well, let's go to the furthest room here and let's just test the air there. Yeah. We were like, no, we need to fog this whole space here. And this was in the middle of summer. So we went ahead and the next day, long story short, we did the wiping, the cleaning of the surfaces. Brett and I are leaving the next day. We had to catch our flight home. But um, we went about the next day. We, we did our fogging using thermal fogging in this case because it was such a big, big space. And it was really cool. We've got some great footage of those guys in the gymnasium and whatnot. But when we met with the, uh, what was he, the facilities maintenance guy? Yeah, the maintenance uh, the manager, manager, right. Manager. Yeah. We went there the next day. We never know exactly how things are going to turn out, right? But we're like, okay, here's our particle reader. Let's go and test the air. It's been, you know, our, our time lapse of 24 hours had passed. Let's go test the air. So we went in there. Amazing results, right? And I said, here, you take the reader. You go from room to room. I'll write it down, but you test it. And so we let the facilities maintenance manager do that. And, I mean, what a tremendous improvement was had and that we made there. But one of the things that was – there was a, one of the faculty members that had come in that next morning, and he, he didn't tell me this, but he told the facilities guy this, that uh, he goes, I don't know what it is that you guys did here. He goes, but this is the first time I've stepped foot in this building 
and my allergies have not been stirred up. So no. it was pretty impressive. And that's what we've grown to accustom to, to achieving is those types of results time and time again. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Anything that either of you want to add before we wrap it up? No. Oh, we can go on forever. I know. I know. Just come see us, you know, or, or give us a call or whatnot. But, you know, I, we, we're very transparent. You know, I, sometimes I have to apologize to people. I'm sorry it works so well. I don't know. I know I'm busting your paradigm, but I can't help it. So, you know, prove me wrong. <laughs> prove it doesn't work. I mean, we're the only company I know about that at every trade show, we show live video of it working you know, before and after pictures, it just does what it, we got people. Oh, that's Photoshop. No, it's not. It just works. And, you know, so, so check us out, but you know, we, we, we love to help people get better at it. I, I, I might just add, this is a newsflash, right? This is something that we, we just changed this year, a couple months ago as we are offering free Goldmore membership. So what does that mean? Yeah, there's there's no ongoing royalties. There's no license fees. There's nothing like that. Come to us. Go to our training, free training. You get six continuing education credits through the IICRC because we are an accredited firm that way. And um, just start using it. Let us guide you through the steps. Try it. See for yourself. And hopefully you'll get the same results that, that we've achieved as well. And Michelle, I went to a garage sale once. And a guy had a, a, a pile of pots there and it had a sign on it and said free. I walked up to him and I said, can you make me a better deal? That's the moral of the story. I, we can't make you a better deal. <laughs> There's no cost other than a little bit of your time uh, to figure this out. I was waiting for some sort of dad joke to work. It's so uh, thank you, Brett, for ending on a high note. For anybody who is listening, you can go to goldmoreusa.com. That is their website. You can learn more there. There's also stuff on CNR. You can find their links. Pretty easy to find. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank this you. has been a pleasure. Thanks Always a pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to seeing you at some future shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very Keep much. up the good work. Thank you. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.